Hail Dictinus, grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. Because they retain some of their own innate essence, using wands becomes almost a partnership. Welcome to Wands, the 223rd episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of author Mark Del Franco from his novel Unshapely Things. Our opening and closing music is credited as Frostwalt's Alternate by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. You may call me Ode. Mary Meet, my name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. My name is Jackson, Ode's brother. Welcome, Jackson! Jackson! Hello. The Jackson, Jackson episode! I'm back, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, we are talking wands again, but... A different kind of wand. Yes, and I'm gonna t- I'm gonna explain this because I think it's funny. <laughs> so I tell Gwen and Jackson what the topic for the next episode is. Usually, I try to be within a day or two of the last episode ending, so that they can so that Jackson can decide if he's gonna be on it, and so that Gwen can prepare. So I told them, oh, we're doing wands next week before the tarot wands episode, and Jackson thought we were talking about. Physical, physical wands. the tool wands, because he has not been following the tarot series. And when he found out it was the tarot wands, he was like, oh, I can't be on that one. <laughs> <laughs> After he had done all this prep for a, a hypothetical physical tool wands episode yeah. that had that existed only in his head. But since he'd done all that work, I was like, you know what? We will do a wands episode. That's right. So, right after the tarot uh, wands. So yeah. that's how this one came about. That's correct. Yay. Uh, yeah, I have lots of things to say about wands the tool. So, housekeeping. Do we have any? Uh, no. Perfect. <laughs> then we're house kept and house swept. Woo! <laughs> Woo! All right. So I think maybe the place to start is like the history of wands. Yes. And for that, we turn to Jackson. Our anthropologist. Okay. It's sort of a, a brief but interesting look into, into wands. Wands, staves, and rods are sort of interchangeable-ish mm-hmm. when you're looking at this sort of ritual tool. Certainly in antiquity. Yeah. And just like a sort of this is what I'm talking about thing. They're a ritual tool used for channeling energy. The very first sort of indication of a wand being used for this sort of symbolic purpose dates all the way back to the 19th century BCE, actually. I'm so bad at saying this, I'm so sorry. The Zoroastrian. So it was a ritual implement called a barsam. Uh, So it was used in sacred rituals. You could use it to, it was mostly used to like make a ritual solemn, to give it, to give it sort of purpose, to give it a little bit of, what's the word I'm looking for? Sacredness? Sacredness. Yeah, a little bit of depth. Okay. There is no indication that it's strictly related to magic, but it was used for that kind of symbolic purpose. My understanding is a barsam wasn't a single yes, rod. Yes, it was a bundle of rods. Yeah, it was like a, a bunch of a bunch of twigs mm-hmm. tied together, kind of like a tool that we use in in modern heathenry to asperge, which is just a bundle of twigs tied together, and you dip it in water and. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could either hold this or it could be placed in a little vessel. Mm-hmm. So once you get up to the ancient Greeks, you get something that's much more clearly magical. More identifiable. Mm. Yeah, Homer mentions wands a couple of times, doesn't he? Yes, wands and rods especially. Um, Like a wide array. Mm -hmm. You have Asclepius and all these different like, trying to remember. The the, Caduceus. There we go. Mm -hmm. But they are specifically used to conduct magic and to channel power. 
I think uh, Circe also yes. uses a wand when she's turning the, or a rod, I guess. Because I guess the word he uses translates closer to rod. So there's like mm-hmm. some question of whether it's a more like modern concept of a wand or like a more more of a staff concept. So, um, But she uses it to transform from, the men into animals, I believe. Mm-hmm. From what I've found is it's more likely to be something not necessarily as large as a staff. More like a scepter, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Like a big stick. <laughs> like a big, <laughs> a big, big stick. And then I found some, and a reference to an interesting thing called uh, the apotropic wand, which is an Egyptian mm-hmm. magical tool, mm-hmm. which is a half of a hippopotamus tusk that is very, very heavily carved that was used as a protective amulet to repel evil spirits and intentions away from pregnant women and their children mm-hmm. and is thought to have been used, that it may have been used to cast a protective circle around them during the act of childbirth as well. And I think Tauret, the goddess of childbirth, was associated with the hippo, wasn't she? Yes, I believe she was actually depicted as like a woman yeah. with a hippo head. yeah. Yeah, didn't you cover Tawaret in, in a deep dive pretty recently? Yeah. I believe there's also been prehistoric burial site that was excavated that they found some suspicious sticks that they were like, these might have been ones, mm-hmm. unclear. But then something I found really interesting, I don't know if you found this in your research, obviously the Romans adopted like the wands motif from the Greeks, like you do. So apparently in around the third and the fourth centuries, there were murals depicting Jesus. Hmm. using a wand to cast his miracles. Interesting. That is very interesting. I would love to see an image of that. Uh Because, you know, you hear a lot of stuff and people saying, oh, Jesus was, you know, a mystic. And and I I mean, in the the Gospels, it's very much a laying on of hands thing. Right. Right. He doesn't use any implements. It's just physically he touches people. Except once when he used mud. Right. But I guess in the Roman interpretations Mm, of these scenes they Mm. represented him using a wand well it makes sense especially if it was part of their culture Mm -hmm. so they you know that's why we have so many things that kind of intersperse and Mm -hmm. and interweave interweave and then there's a different type of it's a variation of a staff Mm -hmm. it's called a stang Yep. They use that in traditional witchcraft, yes. I believe. Yes, yes. So it is a ritual tool that represents the horned god that doubles as a walking stick. Mm-hmm. And it can be stuck in the ground outside or in a pot of dirt indoors and can be used as a makeshift altar. Mm-hmm. They can be made of any material, wood, metal, whatever have you. And they have two or three forks at the top, Mm -hmm. either carved or it could be an antler or what have you. And then they usually have a variety of objects that are hung off of the top of it. Mm -hmm. And something interesting. I actually went to a class and I cannot think of, of the teacher's name, but she's local in her tradition anyway. They use it to cast the circle it becomes the the focal the, sort point. of the center yeah it becomes the focal point and the, the circle space is is made around it interesting yeah uh, that would make sense what with it being a, an altar when you plant it yeah and actually interestingly dowsing rods are a mm. type of wand oh that makes sense yes that makes a lot of sense because what you're doing when you have a dowsing rod, whether it's, you know, your your Right, more so describe modern. what a dowsing rod is. Okay, a dowsing rod in traditional water witchin. Water witchin. It is a stick that is got a fork in it and you hold 
Very similar to a stang, in fact. Yes. You hold the the two ends of the fork mm-hmm. with the long part moving forward. Basically, it um, focuses the energy of water or minerals or whatever is in the ground. Treasure. Yeah, treasure. And it, you you use that stick, that the end of the stick, to navigate right. toward you're, that energy. You're supposed to like follow the direction yeah. that the end of the stick is yeah, going you, in. Yeah. yeah, you feel the energy of it being drawn one way or another. Mm-hmm. And a really good water witch can find water. Apparently, yeah, farmers to this day still use mm-hmm. dowsing. Those are all of the examples that I put on my list. I know there are more. I just didn't want to spend half the episode listing That's off fair. the various options. So something I wanted to talk about is how we got wands from antiquity to modern occult practices. The vector of transmission seems to be this. The Book of Honorius, which is a 13th century grimoire, mm-hmm. talks about using wands in an occult practice. This is the first like explicitly occult use for wands that has been conclusively identified. The Key of Solomon, which is a 16th century book, picks up that piece along with several other pieces from the Book of Honorius and integrates that into the Key of Solomon. Mm -hmm. Elphias Levi writes his occult teachings based on the Key of Solomon. Mm -hmm. And then the Golden Dawn takes wands and several other ritual implements from Alphaeus Levi. So this seems to be the vector of transmission, is that it starts with Honorius in the 13th century, goes through a couple of translations, hits at the Golden Dawn, and then the Golden Dawn, as we know, is a major occult influence in Mm -hmm. a lot of different practices, but very specifically in Wicca. In Wicca. And that's where you see really the practice of the modern practice Mm -hmm. of wands, whether it is a stab or stang or a a handheld wand. Mm -hmm. um, That's where you see the practice in modern witchcraft. Right. And the ways it's used. The ways it's used. Yeah. That's That's when you you see it. That's how you get most of the, the, like the standard way you see wands being used are casting of a circle, Mm -hmm. the, transmission of energy into a thing around something that kind of thing exactly it directs and amplifies the intention of the spellcaster is one of the the uses of a wand yeah this is an awkward subject for me because i've never really yeah. worked with a wand Neither so personally <laughs> so something I that i have a few but yeah i i have one and i avoided them like the plague for a very long time and that's actually something that i wanted to discuss mm-hmm. i guess because wands are super interesting, particularly because I guess they're so popular in the overculture because of things like Harry Potter. Uh-huh. Yeah. When I was just getting into paganism and all these things, kind of sort of got into Wicca and then dropped it because it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. But um, the easiest way to get yourself mocked and ridiculed was to mention something like a wand <laughs> because they are linked to that sort of fantasy mysticism because mm-hmm. they're so popular in modern in the modern overculture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it like it's the if someone at least in my experience if someone realizes that you're into paganism the first thing they will mention is oh do you really think that uh-huh. you can cast a spell with a magic wand? So I avoided them. So hard and so like I I dropped it like a hot potato. Dear God. <laughs> I don't know. It was like I. I feel like I understand that. You know mm-hmm. where I think and it I goes. Think, I think it goes in waves. It goes in waves. I think for me, probably influenced by that whole. Are you really going to cast a spell mm-hmm. using a magic wand? I felt stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> especially as a solitary. 
I felt kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean I don't have them because right. I do. I actually, I don't really use them. They're more altar pieces. They're decorative. <laughs> yeah, they're more altar pieces. I have one for the Earth Deity and I have that beautiful one that we were gifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that we did the... That has the cats on it. But no, I, I generally use my hands, <laughs> you know. Something I guess that is a significant part of magic that gets sort of overlooked is if something makes you feel stupid, it's going to hamper your efforts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I eventually got over that sort of mental block and I do genuinely really enjoy the wand that I have. How I sort of got over that was one, I stopped giving a fuck what other people think. That's there an important go. skill to have. <laughs> That's important. But um, And two, I sort of realized that it's just a way to funnel energy. Like I used a spoon to, mm-hmm. as a wand once. I used to crowbar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, anything you have lying around. But so the wands that I have, I was, I got it handmade by somebody. Um, they did a very, very good job. It's personalized to the way I do work. Like the end is thinner so I can stir things and the base is, is kind of grindy so I can like use it as mortar and pestle. It's 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 very much specialized. It's multi-purpose. Mm-hmm. It's multi-purpose and it's specialized to way the way that I work. But like you were saying, like if it makes you uncomfortable, never do it. Like always do what's the best for you and mm-hmm. never like mm-hmm. never do something because it's the way witches are supposed to work mm-hmm. right i think you can you can stretch your magical practice by challenging yourself to work with things you don't normally work with mm-hmm. but if it makes you feel like legitimately uncomfortable yeah. it's not going to be super effective right. yeah i think it's important to point out that there are people who are very skilled at crafting wands for other people to use and our friend Paul is one of those. Mm-hmm. He forges wands. He forges wands. I think sometimes witches, they start out, they think, oh, I have to have a wand. And so, and you see they all They have these, like a shopping list. They have a altar. shopping list, you mm-hmm. know, and you have to have a wand. And there's some really beautiful wands out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there you can get them for a variety of prices. Some are very simple. I have You one. can always make your own. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. can grab a stick out of the woods. I have just been walking and I found a stick and it felt like it was gifted for me because it's just like the perfect shape and fits your hand. It's got a point at the end, you know, and you're like, oh, cool. Wand. I think also a lot of people find a lot of creativity and joy out of creating wands mm-hmm. out of the, you know, for whatever intention that that they have. I mean, there are some people who have a wand for every different kind of spell they might do. Mm-hmm. You're going to do a love spell and you use a wand, you can craft one that is directly love spells. Mm-hmm. That's true. I think there's something about the wand as a tool that is just calling to the classic human instinct to pick up a stick. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, that, I think that's, I think on some level that's just ground into us at like a DNA mm-hmm. level that we mm-hmm. see a, a cool stick and we're like that. I want it. And then you want to make it pretty. Uh-huh. Well, not necessarily. Some will not necessarily. I don't like, do. I personally, I don't like the pretty ones. No. I no. find them like. Too much? Yeah. Ostentatious? I, 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 they just don't appeal to me. But I, think I like a very classic, like, just a stick wand. Like, like, just the, the one that we got with the carving. I, usually I don't even want that. Yeah. I like a wand to be like, just a stick. That's yeah. fair. Speaking back to that sort of like fantasy mysticism level of it. So when I was a kid, I used to play Harry Potter and we would like have sticks and cast spells. And weirdly enough, every once in a while when I am using the wand that I have to cast a circle or what have you, I remember that. And it, it has a weird form of nostalgia and it doesn't make me feel silly. It makes me feel like... 
happy, pleased, mm-hmm. full circle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Tapping into that childlike uh-huh. experience. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think there is a really, there's that childlike element. There's also, I think, sort of that primal human instinct of just collect thing from environment uh-huh. that I think um, tapping into those sort of deeper emotions that we tend to bury under sort of the layers of mundane life mm-hmm. helps access a, a, a magical core, I guess, that mm-hmm. is sometimes difficult to connect with. Yeah. Going back to, I know you said you just like a plain stick. Yeah. Some people... It's just my, my personal preference. That's fair. Some people just like pretty things. They want a wand that has some kind of an aesthetic. Mm -hmm. The pretty, now I will say when I was early, I did have a wand and it had all these, I made it and it had all these stones Uh and and things on it. And I wrapped it around the Uh bottom, put a crystal on the end, Uh you know, the whole thing. That sucker was heavy. Heavy as fuck, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Weighed five pounds. It became just a decoration. (laughs) Because it was too heavy to lift. it was too fucking heavy. (laughs) And then the stones started falling off. Uh Yeah. So, but, but at that point as a newbie, Uh if you will, it really appealed to that sense of magic, now, that sense of, of uh, being maximalist rich. magic. Yeah. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. I can definitely appreciate the aesthetic of mm. some of the really attractive, like, mm. very decorative wands that have been created. You go on Etsy, you'll find a thousand of them. Oh, yeah. I yeah. can appreciate them aesthetically. They just don't speak to me magically. Yeah. Ran and Gray says, I guess using an herb bundle as a sort of wand does vibe too. Like the big suckers, especially if it's got dried flowers on it. That hails back to the Zoroastrian bundle of twigs. Yeah. Yes. So, yes, very much. That counts as a wand. Yeah, and as a person who has legitimately used a crowbar as a wand, I can say with authority, anything could be a wand, my friend. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess maybe we talk now about sort of the various materials a wand can be Mm -hmm. made out of. So, like, the classic one is just a stick. Yeah, Yeah, you make it out of wood. And if you are a very creative person, you mm-hmm. can take that, you know, people take that piece of wood, that stick, they and find they carve it that, that limb from a tree. And yeah, and they carve it to what I, they need. I've seen people even just take like wood from the lumber store. Like mm-hmm. like they just go get some hardwood. And Shit, uh, if you're starting out, go get some balsa. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that does tend to be one of the more popular cores of, of wands is either wood mm-hmm. or some kind of metal. Yeah, metal wands are becoming more popular, I think. They did not used to be popular at all. No, yeah. Um, though you will actually find some wands in antiquity that were made of metal. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that, so there used to be a tradition of blasting rods. Yes. Which was a specific kind of wand that was intended to like cast blasting spells at demons and malevolent spirits. Um, and it was usually either made out of metal or it was made out of blackthorn wood. Mm, yeah. I really do enjoy that. That essentially like the sort of... They were like, this is my magic gun. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not just like wood or metal. Right. You can also make wands out of stone. A lot of people will use like a quartz wand, which is clay. like a long... Yep, clay. Plastic. Mm-hmm. You can use whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, you're just you're just looking at the different. It's gonna have maybe different elemental properties depending. Right. Yeah. I've actually well, seen a, a a pretty nice sunstone wand. Mm-hmm. You can, depending on whatever material you use, you can fashion a wand that has a you know a particular intention or just different associations. Just different associations, like oak. If you want it, if you find a stick that's made of oak, you know that's considered strong and defensive. Things like that. Birch or pine can be protective or cleansing. So blackthorn used to be the standard witch's wood mm-hmm. to the point that in the 17th century, having a walking stick made of blackthorn was the kind of thing that got you burned at the stake. Oh, yeah. geez. So actually on the 
topic of woods that are and and like wand materials mm-hmm. there's a like a really exhaustive uh, there's a book that has a really exhaustive list of like woods and their properties called the witch's guide to wands by gypsy elaine teague i i gave it a purchase it's a pretty decent beginner's guide it doesn't even have to be a tree wood like if no. you have a particularly well-grown shrub in your yard you can take a stick from that absolutely the thing i guess i my recommendation for for figuring out the attribute of a thing is always to like look at its scientific qualities first mm-hmm. and extrapolate from there. That's mm-hmm. what I do when I'm I'm figuring out the the qualities of various stones. Yeah, and if you're looking at metal wands, um, one of the things that I found out the various now I've only ever really seen like silver or steel. Um, I see a lot of iron wands. Some yeah. iron wands. Copper is said to be very attracting. You know, you can use it for uh, or to attract things to you. I. Would disagree with that, actually. I think copper is conductive. Mm. Copper copper can be very useful, but copper is used to construct spirit traps often. Grain of salt for wands. I would not agree with that personally. The same way I think, like, sure, the fae don't like iron, but you could still have an iron wand if you don't work with the fae. Oh, yeah, valid. Silver is also considered very good, obviously, for working with the moon, Mm -hmm. for psychic work, and gold would be abundance and beauty, the sun. Right. And like strong energy. Strong energy. Um, Especially since, holy shit, like an actually gold wand would be so expensive. Oh my god. (laughs) And fragile, most likely. Soft. Chances are you're gonna find, what is it they usually make things out of and then paint with yeah, it'll be it'll oh, be gilded. Gold leaf. It'll be yeah. yeah it'll it'll be probably gilded. be something that's gold leaf. Yeah, it'll, unless it'll, you it'll have be, lots and lots of money. Yeah, it'll be it'll be gilt over iron. Yeah, but um, uh, oh, thought, other thing, nice thing about copper though is it's antibacterial. So oh, that's that could, true. could be good for like healing work. That's, that's true. true. I thought this was interesting too, though. I'd never thought of zinc. Probably a lot of wands that you find are actually like, especially mass-produced ones, are actually going to be made out of pewter mm-hmm. because it is the cheapest metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So double check that kind of a thing. Yeah. Actually, interestingly, yeah. you might be able to go to like a Home Depot and buy some rods mm. and work your way out from there. Yeah, just some metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you could do go to a master craftsman who you know is a you right. Know, if some, you have the money. If you have the money, it tends to be quite expensive to get a like a handcrafted wand. metal wand. Yeah. Yes. Um, or even a wooden one sometimes. Like these. That's true. Like some of these. These things are quite pricey. Yeah, That's true. like when I got mine handmade, I got it for a very reasonable price, but that reasonable price was still about eighty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> well, because a person is putting their time, their intention, their, their skill, expertise. their expertise into creating and crafting this mm-hmm. magical tool. But that's why I say, like, if you don't have the money to go to a craftsman, mm-hmm. just figure it out yourself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Get crafty with it. Get crafty with it. And I think it's also where, you know, we're kind of right now talking about, you know, the wands you hold in your hand. But we can go old style, you know, with stangs and stabs and, mm-hmm. and uh, things like that as well. And you might find a big old stick in the woods, yep. you know, that oh, would yeah. make a perfect... Stang or stab. Mm -hmm. I would also say if you want to go really incredibly fancy with it, there's nothing wrong with going to a cosplayer (laughs) and saying like, God, those people know how to do everything. And saying like, hey, I need you to make me like the most legit fanciest wizard staff that you can possibly make for the most reasonable price. (laughs) Another way you can orient your wand, too, is uh, if you work with elemental spirits. Like, if you wanted to have a wand that was representative of water or Mm -hmm. air or or fire or whatever. 
Thanks to our tiger Solanox for introducing us to Weavers of the Web, an interfaith pagan ATC, Aquarian Tabernacle Church, organization based in Lansing, Michigan. Weavers of the Web is a public Wiccan church that aims to be family-friendly, supportive, and informative, with the goal of ensuring that no one ever need be alone in their spiritual needs. Weavers is currently raising funds for the down payment on a property which would allow them to expand their current network of resources, including dedicated community space, a permanent home for a pagans in need pantry, and a lending library. Join them online or in person for regular events, including rituals and discussion groups, at weaversoftheweb.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash weaversatc. Hail, Hail Dictinus! I don't know where my little matches are, but Hail, Hail Dictinus! I love what Rhiannon and Grace says here. Wand equals low vibe, sort of lame, reminds me too much of turfs. Staff equals big vibes, cool as fuck, you shall not pass. <laughs> there is something appealing about a staff, yes. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think there's something, you know, traditional about about a wand. It's very classic. It's very classic. Mm-hmm. Of course, so is a staff, to be but fair. But yeah, yeah, so is a staff. So I guess it goes which whatever is most comfortable for you if you vibe with a wand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I saw Oberon Zell during convocation. Walking around he's, with his staff. He's got the coolest staff. because it's got a little it, lighted thing on top. It's got a glowing crystal yeah. at the top. He And he's dressed as a wizard. because uh-huh. he, he wears the hat. He wears everything. the hat. And uh, he is an, from an order of wizards. Mm-hmm. And so he it's like watching Gandalf wander yeah. around with his staff. It really is. And he goes all in on it. He goes all in. It's fabulous. <laughs> I, I think it really does come down to to what works for you because mm-hmm. uh, the the woman I was talking about who from the English tradition she has a staff the stang the stang that has a skull uh, an animal skull on mm-hmm. it I believe and the, and is very highly decorated mm-hmm. follow your vibes follow in your vibes or have the the rod which is sort of the in between mm-hmm. yeah I guess we should talk about how you actually work with a wand. Mm-hmm. Like what its purpose as a tool is, and how it's used in act, like in practice, in a practical way. We talked. To, we mentioned that it's used to like funnel energy mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something that uh, that occurred to me while I was doing this research was that you you can kind of use it to conduct a ritual in mm-hmm. the same way that literally a conductor uses a baton. Yeah, because yeah. you can use it to point. Mm-hmm. There's an you can use of- it to to set the pace. There's an air of authority. So, yes, I love that you mentioned this. I'm going to have to bring us back a little bit to history to talk about it. But it used to be, like, super normal that how you, like, did a coronation or how, like, uh, how you represented your authority in a group was you were presented with a rod of authority of some kind. Sometimes it was a scepter. Sometimes it was a staff. Sometimes it was something closer to what we would think of as a wand. But, like, kings were coronated and they were handed a staff or a scepter. Oh, um, yes. So many kings have scepters in yes. classical paintings. It's one, it's one of the classic symbols of authority of and authority. rulership. For a long, long time in Ireland, the ruler of Ireland was coronated with what was called the white wand or the white rod of authority. Mm -hmm. It was literally just a straight white stick that was handed to them in exchange for their sword when they became the the leader of Ireland. This is why you find scepters so often among like various royal treasures. Mm -hmm. They're 
They think even some of like the old like prehistoric cave paintings that represent figures holding sticks mm -hmm. may have been like the prehistoric version of this of like, I have the stick, I get to talk now. Um, I had a sudden childhood revelation about the talking stick. Yes, <laughs> yes, the talking stick is you right now have the authority represented by the stick. That's right. And so, yes, in a ritual, especially if you are in a group, you know, whether it's a, a large public ritual mm -hmm. or whether it's a coven meeting or whatever, the person who has the stick... <laughs> is the person who is, the is the most person... likely to be in charge of the ritual. Exactly. If they use a wand. Now, mm -hmm. they may have some other tool right. that, that gives them that authority. It might be an athame. It might be whatever. Exactly. Could be the person in the big hat. That, mm hmm, mm -hmm. But you can, um, you know, it's a, you, it's a symbol of office. It's a symbol of office, and so you can use that wand to create sacred space, mm -hmm. to direct energy, conduct the right to the conduct people, the ritual. To conduct the ritual. That's what I think of when I when I think of a wand. I think of, you know, it is an extension. If I'm going to use it, right, it's an extension of my hand. Right, because you've talked about before, you just use your hands usually yeah. for the things most people use a wand for, mm -hmm. like you use your fingers, basically. Mm -hmm. yeah. So can you talk about that and how like you are manipulating energy mm -hmm. the way that other people use wands to just kind of visualize what that energy process is? Sure. Because for, for you, it's very like energy visualization. -based. It is very much energy visualization because, you know, I think of the energy in my hand that I, when I'm working a spell, I coalesce all of my energy from my core mm -hmm. and into my hands. And this, my right hand, because I'm right-handed, is the hand that I use to cast mm -hmm. and to create. And so if I am going to create sacred space, I will put my hand out this, you know, forward mm -hmm. in the direction, or palm, I may- Palm facing out? Either palm facing out, depending on the type of ritual or spell I'm mm -hmm. doing. Like if it is creating a circle, mm -hmm. I'll probably use two fingers pointed. Okay. And like you would with a, with a pointing wand. a wand, I'd use those fingers and I visualize that energy coming from my body through my hand, through the fingers to create the circle. I would, if I were to create a wider sacred space, I would use my palm. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Just some just vibe. Just a vibe. <laughs> I think because with a circle, I tend to think of it as, you know, like a, a fine point. Like a laser. Like a laser. And so I'm creating a, a circle. Mm -hmm. Whereas with a sacred space, it's wider. So you need more, like more, more surface area. Yeah. Here's a question for mm -hmm. you. Would you feel comfortable creating a sacred space the way you would normally do it with your palm if you were using a wand? Or does that narrow the focus too much? That's what I'm wondering is if it feels like too much, like it's too narrow mm -hmm. or something. Or it, for, for me personally, it, it doesn't uh, amplify mm -hmm. so much as it... It just sort of directs. Sort of, it maybe directs and even absorbs a little bit. Hmm before it releases. So I don't know that I just don't I don't feel that same rush of energy through the wand mm -hmm. as I do through my own hand or my fingers. Now here's a sort of abstract logistical question. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, I'm an animist. Mm -hmm. So I believe the wand has its own spirit sure. and being. Mm -hmm. And obviously, it's made up of all these whatever the component parts of the wand are, which all have their own essences and energies that have sort of coalesced into the new spirit of the wand. Mm -hmm. 
And so sort of referring back to this quote from the beginning, mm -hmm. um, because they retain some of their own innate essence, using wants becomes almost a partnership. Mm -hmm. Do you think sort of your difficulty feeling the energy going through the wand is because you don't have, you haven't built like strong partnerships yes. with those wands? Yes. If I felt drawn to work with a wand, mm -hmm and built a partnership with it, then probably yes. You would feel more connection. I would feel more connection to it. But instead it sort of feels like the wand is taking energy from you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And funneling it in a, a less focused way for me, for me. You know, interesting. It, just because I guess maybe just because it feels disconnected from your yeah, own spirit. So you, yeah. you have less control over it. Yeah, I think so. How do you use wands, Jackson, when you do use them? In what way like how do I use them manually or just like yeah I guess like physically how do you use them and for what purpose do you use them in okay. ritual or in magic mm -hmm. I actually use them as sort of a go-between I think because I have a difficult time visualizing energy mm. um, so the could... wand makes kind of a shortcut yes because just like in general, I have a hard time visualizing at all. Mm -hmm. um, in my head, pictures are usually fragmented and very abstract. It's just a thing. And Not quite a Fantasia, but yeah. similar. So when people are like, well, cast a circle, Jackson. And I'm like, wonderful. Explain. How do I do this? When I am in a situation where I need to do that sort of thing and cast a protection, when I have a wand with me, for me, energy is very much a, a physical feeling, a vibration. Mm -hmm. So for me, the wand is like, vibration, go there. <laughs> it's a directional kind of thing. Yes. So a conductor. It's a conductor. So I use it as a physical conductor to be like, okay, now this is where I want all of this to go and uh, do this thing. And it, 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 it gives you a literal visual to follow. Yes. It instead gives of me an a literal, imaginary visual yes. to follow. Yes because I have a very, very, very difficult time doing that. So it's not often I put myself in situations where I need to do that because I'm a very instinctual kind of magical person. Mm -hmm. But occasionally I do that more like in a ritualized setting. stuff. Yeah, or if somebody like requests that I do a thing for them that's more ritualized, like a favor for a friend or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, so if I, if I need to, it's a way for me to shortcut myself so I'm not stressing out how do I visualize this thing that I don't really know how to visualize. Now, you do have one that you use for your personal work. Mm -hmm. We talked about that you can use to stir things and to yes. use as a mortar and pestle. So why, what, what place does that have in your practice? So I use that when I commissioned that to have a wand for my own use. That is almost primarily for making like herbal spells. It's for like infusing spell jars and herbs and whatnot with my own energy and magic more easily. Okay. So when I'm doing that kind of stuff, again, it's a conduit. It's just I find channeling it through the wand a little bit easier than trying to like... Trying should, to do the visualizing. Yeah. Like pouring you should, your power into a you thing. You should yeah. see me. Um, it'll be me like hunkered over a jar with a candle being like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Move <laughs> energy. When I have the, the wand, it goes a little smoother. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes sense. So it's interesting. For you, the wand is almost a barrier between mm -hmm. you and the work. And for Jackson, it's a conduit to the mm -hmm. work. That's yep. really interesting. Yeah. You're not any more or less of a witch no. or, or a pagan or mm -hmm. a, a magical practitioner or mm -hmm. whatever if you choose not to use the traditional tools. I've never used a wand in my life. Yeah. That's why I have nothing to say on like, how do you use a wand in your practice? I've never I, used one. They never have. And this is interesting because like I have sometimes been tempted to get one 
Because mm-hmm. when I pick one up, like 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 uh, when I used to go to Arts and Craft all the time, mm-hmm. um, I would routinely browse Paul's wands because mm-hmm. you can feel the energy oh, coming oh, off yeah. of them. You can, and you know some of them feel really good in the hand, mm-hmm. and like I can kind of imagine using it, mm-hmm. but I never get one because I know I'm not really like it. Just doesn't have a place in my practice. Mm-hmm. I really don't work with energy like that. Right. Yeah. Fair right. enough. Oh, and interestingly, when I do the, like, the herb thing with the wand, for me, the act of the grinding and stirring with it is enough to put the energy in it. I don't need to have the extra step of, like, standing over it with said wand and channeling that way Mm. like I do with the circle casting. Elle says, funnily enough, I visualize more like Jackson, but work more like Gwyn. For me, the wand was an extra step between me and picturing the energy moving, which makes everything harder. Everybody's brain is so unique. Everybody's a little different. (laughs) Now, again, if you are in a situation or if you just, if you feel a vibe with a particular tool, Mm -hmm. whether it's a wand or or a staff or Mm -hmm. whatever, vibe with it, you know, get to know it. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's, you might not always use it. But maybe there's a particular reason you want to have that in mm-hmm. your in your tool chest yep. oh, yeah. for, for magical work. I have been tempted to get a spindle or a distaff because it's yes. it's, it's heavily associated with Sidr work mm-hmm. in uh, in heathenry. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Give it a shot. What can it hurt? Uh, if nothing else, you got something cool to decorate your your magical space with. I mean, listen, as someone who has literally never used a wand in my practice, I have still, on many occasions, collected a cool stick. Mm-hmm. And then I just keep it around for a while, and eventually I get rid of it. But the, the thing I would say, I guess, is make sure you're actually feeling a connection to the thing. Yes. And not just that, like, either A, you feel like you have an obligation to get the thing, mm-hmm. or B, you're engaging in retail therapy. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because either one of those things can be a trap. Mm-hmm. And then you have this thing that, that you you're don't just know, never going to use. You're never going to use. You don't know what it's for or why you even have it. Mm-hmm. Definitely make sure that it's something you actually want. I will say, if it's something that you have acquired for zero monies mm-hmm. and you don't know why you acquired it, sometimes, sometimes it's for you're other an people. intermediary. Yeah. Yep. 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 Sometimes, sometimes it is for someone else. Exactly. And you're just holding it for a time. I have both been that person and been the recipient of that person. Mm-hmm. And then I think it would be interesting very briefly to talk about the fact that, you know, we just talked about wands in tarot. So obviously wands have this huge, long history. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes sense that they were chosen as a symbol for tarot, at least to me. Yeah. Um, so here's a little a little interesting tidbit about the use of wands in tarot. It's the Rider-Waite-Smith is like the classic tarot that, that sort of defines modern tarot decks, mm-hmm. most of them. I don't remember if it's, I think it's Waite is the one who, who was the actual Golden Dawn guy who was giving all the instructions to Smith about like what the design should look like. But the reason the, the, the Rider-Waite-Smith OG cards, uh, all the wands look like tree limbs and have like leaves coming mm-hmm. off of them mm-hmm. is that he specifically wanted the wands in the suit not to look like rods, but to sort of visually refer to the staff of Aaron from the Bible. Oh, interesting. So that's that was the illusion of the wands in the tarot deck. That's why in the original drawings, they, they all look like that. They're supposed to call back to that specific biblical story. And can we just say biblical story? Mm-hmm. The rod, the staff. Yep, Moses's staff. Moses's staff. Aaron's staff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. It was multiple cultures mm-hmm. used these symbols for authority. A stick of various sizes and weights. <laughs> for authority, for magic, uh-huh. for connection to their deity. To the divine. To, yep. Exactly. Yep. 
<laughs> Elsa's staff of let my people go. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so, so yeah, that's why the wands in the original Rider Waite Smith look like that. A fun little tidbit I discovered while I was looking into this. I think that that's very interesting. I had never known that. Yeah. And of course, you don't really associate the Bible stories Mm-mm. with things like wands and staves and but magic. Of course, but of course, those but things of course were those things were involved. Yeah, they they feature <laughs> absolutely. It features. Yeah, of course it does. The two big like Golden Dawn contributions to the tarot suits were changing it from the suit of coins to the suit of pentacles and making sure that the wands recalled the staff of Aaron. That's very cool. <laughs> oh, one other topic that I thought we could cover. There's a big thing, especially in Wicca, but in, in other traditions as well, and um, even among solitaries who use wands, mm-hmm. of dedications or awakenings mm. of a wand. Mm-hmm. That, like, you have to do something to make it officially your wand. Well, that, mm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's going, if it's something that has its own spirit. Right. You know, if you are an animist who believes everything has its own spirit, mm-hmm. then, yeah, you would want to introduce yourself to it, wake it up to its purpose. Right. Um, to its its whole new being from, mm-hmm. from all the little constituent beings it used to be. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. I tend to personally I tend to introduce myself to all of my duels but nothing mm-hmm. so like official same like I I say hi to pretty much everything I acquire most of which are rocks <laughs> surprise, surprise surprise I'm so surprised <laughs> aren't you surprised listener Shocked. That, that 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 would be the most for ode yeah but I mean I also introduce myself to like the herbs I acquire and, yeah. and that kind of thing but it seems like there's a cultural tradition of like a wand and usually an athame mm-hmm. both mm-hmm. get like very specific dedication rituals mm-hmm. where like there are specific words to say and it's performed in a specific way which I and I wonder why you think that is because on some level I wonder if it's related to that like rod of authority that like this is the symbol of my mm-hmm. office thing where like this is one of the most important tools you have mm-hmm. so it deserves like special attention yeah I was just sitting here thinking we don't do that for the cauldron well, no there, exactly but there we should. is that but there is also at least in I I apologize for my lack of knowledge but in Wicca and I believe like British traditional witchcraft the athame and the wand are two of the like the the premier the most prominent tools yeah yeah they, they are featured very the most yeah, the, and the chalice, you know, yeah. is in, used in connection but with But again, those. the chalice is rarely dedicated yeah, it's not, you to don't, the witch. Exactly. Isn't that interesting? I wonder if there's a little bit of unexamined sexism there. Could since be. the wand and the athame are specifically, explicitly, in a lot of cases, phallic symbols. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the chalice and the cauldron are more feminine symbols. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a really good... Uh, question mm-hmm. i'd never really considered that yeah so maybe just something to think about something if you've done dedication rituals for your wands and your athames and your phallic tools have you also done rituals for your cauldrons and your chalices and your uh more stereotypically feminine tools yeah maybe just contemplate come, that, come think about that. <laughs> i Very can't interesting. i can't comment a whole lot on that because no, i no. both break the gender binary and am not a wiccan yeah but yeah, <laughs> but exactly. if you uh if you vibe with those things maybe uh you know i would love to know i guess in in episode discussions maybe if this is something you've addressed this in your work at all i might have to i might have to do a ritual to <laughs> dedicate and uh honor my cauldrons mm-hmm. You have a couple, have and a they couple. see a lot of use. They do. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I hadn't thought of that. That was That's very intriguing. Yeah. 
And then one other thing that I thought it might be relevant to mention, sort of related to the awakenings and dedications thing, mm -hmm. is you might consider um, blooding your tools, oh, um, yeah. especially something like your wand that's supposed to conduct your energy. Mm -hmm. Just like put a little drop of blood well, that on makes sense. the I've base blood, of a wand. I've blooded my book of shadows, mm -hmm. my grimoire. Yeah, to sort of key it to yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and to sort of build that blood connection between you and the wand, I think would make it easier to use it as a, as a channel or a focus. That's a good point. I am personally putting off blooding any of my tools until I get that. What is that tool that specifically is made for doing that? Oh, the burn. The burn. Yes. I don't know why I'm putting it off until I get one of those, but I want to have a dedicated thing so I don't get blood on any of my like kitchen that, knives. That's fair. Mm -hmm. I am a use a sterile lancet bitch. Mm. <laughs> so Fair. that's all I'm ever going to use to blood anything. All right. Well, I think we've covered pretty much everything we can on this. Yeah, I think so. Um, and put some questions out there right? for you to think about. <laughs> um, especially since, like, I don't use wands at all. You guys both use wands sort of sparingly, sparingly. or situationally. So we don't have a lot of personal experiences to add mm -hmm. to this one. But if you use a wand in your practice, I would love to hear about how you use it yes. in episode yeah, discussions on our Discord. So please, if you have not joined our Discord yet or if you usually lurk, Join our Discord, go into episode discussions, tell me about how you use wands in your practice. And please do the same thing in the Facebook group. Yes. I, that would be a great place to have a discussion about if you use wands, how you use mm -hmm. them, what have you been trained? If you're exactly. a Wiccan, how have you been trained to use wands? Yep. Or if you're in a tradition that uses staffs yep. or stangs instead, talk about the differences. Exactly. I would love for us to have like a conversation about this because I think it's a really interesting topic that yep. like sort of gets glossed over because everyone's just like, oh, a wand, obviously that's a witch tool. So yeah, to get to our Discord channel and Facebook group, um, you can find us on Google. If you Google the number three and the words pagans and a cat or the number three and the letters P-A-A-C. We have a website at the number three, pagansandacat.com, where you can find links to a whole bunch of things, including Gwen's Patheos Pagan blog. Gwen also has a TikTok that she uses pretty frequently. Yep. There are imposter Gwen accounts, so <laughs> keep an eye out for those. On Instagram On as Instagram well as... especially. Gwen will never send you a DM. Nope. <laughs> never send you a DM. Especially she won't send you a DM trying to solicit you for readings and shit. Nope. We have a Patreon. Thank you to all of our Patreon patrons. Always. Thank um, you to our patrons. Y'all help us keep the lights on and the microphone running. Yep. Mm -hmm. We also have a Ko-Fi that currently only one person uses. Thanks, Elle, for using our Ko-Fi. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's I think it. that's all our things. So go do some study about the wands. Yes. It's kind of interesting. There's it's more history there than you would realize. Yep. And give us your personal anecdotes. I love those. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. All right. I think that's it. Yes. We're out. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.